Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet, and featured on this episode is Brian Frisch. He's a Steadicam operator. And this episode is a little bit different because we spoke mainly about one project, that project being This Is America by Childish Gambino. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's a music video. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it before you listen to the podcast. It's worth seeing, and you'll also get all of our references. Um, we also spoke about a few other things, but the meat of the conversation was about that one project, and I thought it was great. I, I thought it was really cool to talk about, and I hope you enjoy listening. If you'd like to advertise on the show or contact me for any other reason, you can email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. Welcome, Brian Frisch. Uh It is Frisch, right? I'm it pronouncing is. it properly. It I is. don't think I've ever heard you. Yeah, okay. Fresh with two E's. Fresh with two E's. Fresh Frisch. Um And it's funny, you're like, oh, yeah, I have cats. Oh, wait, shoot. Hang on one second. <laughs> I forgot to turn. I've done this twice now. I forgot to turn the AC off. Mm. Oh, no, I didn't. I forgot to turn the fridge off. I, <laughs> I knew I heard something. It's funny. You wonder for all these years, like, oh, God, sound. Why are they moaning about this and that? And then and then you do this stuff, and you're like, oh, I hear everything. I hear every little <laughs> tiny noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those are off now. Um, awesome. Well, welcome, man. I, you know, I thought of having you on... Um, I mean, we've known each other how long? A few years, right? Yeah, just six, seven, eight. Maybe. Is it that long? Probably. Probably met at a Cinegear gathering ten years ago. So I don't know. At Mo's, oh, okay. Maybe Moe's. Were you at Moe's uh, when Cinegear was at Universal? Moe's. It's a Toluca Lake near Bob's Big Boy. I don't think so. Okay. Then I, I didn't meet you there. You know, I've never been to that Bob, Bob's Big Boy. Oh. I know there's one up there. There is. Um, how are the burgers? Good. I uh, don't remember. I've only been there twice, and one time I had fried chicken. I don't remember the other time. So. <laughs> well, chicken was okay. Not great. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I'm not, I won't rush over there. Um, no, but I wanted to have you on because um, not only have I known you a while, but I, I, I saw the This Is America video that you did. And, um, and so I was like, oh, I, didn't, I, I guess I didn't realize you did like a lot of music videos. Yeah. <laughs> uh so that means you don't love doing music videos or uh i mean you know music videos uh can be a really awesome uh opportunity for um you know a lot of artistry with lighting camera production design everything sure. um, but they can also just be a grind and i feel like more often than not they're a grind they're just you know hosing down a performance and as a Steadicam operator wearing a rig, you do, you know, 12 to 14 hour day doing every single shot, just hosing down performance. You you know, maybe you get to do some fun stuff in the moment, but, you know, there's not a lot of care, I feel like, in a lot of them. Um, these days, I, you know, I've done so many and I've got a lot of great contacts and um, I tend to only get asked <laughs> to do... Uh, well, actually, let me start over. These days, music videos... There's a lot more of them that have uh, really strong artistic, um, mm -hmm. you know, design. Yeah. Uh, and and they're not just about hosing down a performance. They're about telling a story visually or or just showing some fun visuals uh, that whatever you know are fun to watch. Get you get you thinking about things. You know, wondering how they did that or 
um, whatever. So sometimes it can be very abstract and just fun, and sometimes you're telling a story and there's there's a lot going on. Um, well, my my visually. experience with videos, of which I did a bunch back in the day, mm-hmm. not that many, but <clears throat> was that, and I talked to Colin McDonald about this. Yeah. Like, if they have you out, then you're in the rig all day. You know, they try to get you on a flat. They promise it won't go over twelve. It goes eighteen. You know what I mean? And yeah. the, and they just beat you up. And the and and a lot of times, um, uh, the director isn't like, okay, I want to do this and then this and that. They're just like, go run around while they play. Yeah. Okay, well, what do you want? Like, <laughs> at least tell me, like, when the guitar solo happens, do this. Right. Like, something, any direction. Yeah. Not just they're playing, that just go run around. Like, it just, it's just pr- spray and pray kind of, right. you know? Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, I'll just hack the hell out of it later, and it'll look really cool. And it, it's like, well, it doesn't even matter when we shoot then. Right. You know, if yeah. you're just going to put a million edits in it. So they were always frustrating to me, and they were... And I don't mind getting beat on as far as like physically working, but let's have a plan, have a reason to do it. Yeah, right? I totally. mean, and, <clears throat> and so, I mean, I haven't really watched music videos in a long time. The, this is America one is like the first one I've watched in a really long time. And it's just cause I heard all this stuff about it and yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta, it, I gotta look at that. It was kind of a big deal. It still is kind of a big deal, um, which is great. Well, when was it a big deal? Uh well as soon as it was released uh it just you know well how long ago was that I mean oh uh it was released early May um I want to say around May fifth it's uh, so funny it's now what the towards the end of June and a month later you're like it was a big deal like like it's a movie from twenty years ago because <laughs> <laughs> stuff happens that fast now everything it it's like one viral thing to another yeah I mean it's still doing really well um I think it's got to be close to 300 million views by now wow. uh, in less than two months, which is which is impressive in general, but it's it's very impressive for what that video is because it's it's less, you know, I, I did the music video Fancy four years ago, which currently has like 850 million views, which, you know, two thirds of that at least were in the first two months. Wow. But that's, you know, just a big pop fun song that just got, people liked it so much that they shared it and it just kind of went viral. And it was just fun, right? right? Who was, was the artist on that? That was uh, Iggy Azalea. Oh, okay. Um, and featuring Charlie XCX. Um, and uh, you know, it was a very, it was a low budget video. Um, that you know, I, I don't know if I was on a flat, but yeah. They, and they, um, they didn't put me on the rig right away, but like once they got me on the rig, then it was like I did everything else for the day. Yeah. Uh, and. Um, but yeah, the 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 song blew up and the video just destroyed and it's, you know, 850 million views is is right. insane. And they made a bunch of money. I'm sure they did. And uh <laughs> nobody called you back and said, "Hey, you know, since you did us a favor, right. we're going to cut you another check." Right. Nobody did, they? did that. No. no. Did, uh, and were their numbers still the same when you tried to collect? <laughs> right, yeah. Um yeah, so that was the funny one and and uh, you know there's also just nothing about that video it's it's it, the concept's cool i mean it's just kind of a it's it's riffing on the 1992 clueless movie or whatever year that that movie came out oh, with okay. uh, yeah. alicia silverstone yeah um and and so it's just kind of iggy as um uh, alicia in a song or in a in a high school doing the song and and it's it. fun and silly and whatever that's and, a good concept yeah um yeah. There was nothing in particular about any one shot that was like amazing or whatever, but like it, it, I think the video came together really well. And um, 
I liked it, but it was just simple and it was just this song that was catchy that everybody loved and it got really popular. And This Is America is, you know, an intense, dark, heavy social commentary, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't usually the type of thing that goes super viral <laughs> and that people just want to watch over and over and over. Right. Uh, but the fact that people are is awesome and it's really kind of important that the discussions that I've heard around this um, are pretty amazing. And it's it's not often that I work on something and then people I know talk about it not because I worked on it, but because they want to talk about it. Right. And so I was on Facebook and, you know, friends from high school were like, oh, my gosh, we've got to talk about This Is America. Nobody's tagging my name. They probably don't even realize I worked on it. They're just like, I have these questions about it. What do you guys think? And, you know, and then just hundreds of comments. Well, that's crazy. You know? And so what? So, amazing. well, do you say that? What was like, what was the, you know, when you say people have a bunch of questions, what were some of the questions? Like, um, what well, were they curious about? Everybody wanted to know what everything meant. And everybody still wants to know what everything meant. Um, like each specific. Yeah, everything in the video. Right. And, and, and um, there's so much. There's so much to unpack in that video. And so many, so many interpretations of every little thing. And um, Donald Glover has famously said he is not going to explain anything. He's Yeah, because he's an artist. Well, and yeah, he's true an artist. True art always raises questions. Yeah. You don't want to answer everything, right? Yeah, well... Um, there's totally the artist argument that like, you know, artists that do things that get talked about, artists will say, well, I don't want to tell you my intent. I want you to interpret. Right. I showed like, you. I showed you. Yeah. And, I, and it's what's right. important is what you get out of it. Right. Um, he and uh, Donald said something very similar to that. He said, I don't think it's for me to tell. Like, I think, you know, that's almost a quote. That's a paraphrase mm. of what he said is like, I don't think it's my place to tell you what it means. I think it's, you know, what what you need to get out of it right but what i was noticing um is and that will be very different for a lot of people yes oh and it is i mean it's which is what's great which is which is what makes people want to watch it right exactly that's what draws people in so you get out what you want yeah and that's what i was noticing was everybody wanted to know these answers and they kept looking they're like has you know hero mirai was the director has he talked about it uh donald glover has he talked about it and like nobody's talked about it and so they're all like asking these questions and then they get into these discussions and they want to know the answers. But what I realized was as soon as Hero or Donald or somebody comes and says, here's what this means, here's what this means, here's what this means, here's that. It might be really interesting and everybody might go, oh, cool. But I then hadn't the thought about it. The, the but discussion then the discussion ends. It just right. dies. And I feel like it's more important that it keeps going on, even mm-hmm. if people are getting whatever the intent might have been, even if people are getting it a little bit wrong. The concepts are still there. They still understand that it's, you know, violence in America. It's violence against black men, black women right. in America, black children. Right. Um, gun violence uh, issues. And, you know, everybody interprets, you know, they see the gun being placed carefully into a child's hand wrapped in a cloth as if the gun is more important than the person that got shot. Right. And I'm like, that's a great interpretation. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't personally know if that was the intent. Right. You know, that, that the, they're showing <laughs> that the gun is so important, but it's an awesome interpretation. It's kind of an amazing interpretation. And, right. Um, uh, so I just, I loved reading all the comments and, you know, people have uh, asked me <laughs> what everything means and I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I read the treatment and there's certain things, words that were used in the treatment to label things. Mm-hmm that uh well let me ask you if you did i'll come right back to that yeah Sorry. yeah, yeah no if you did know even one thing if you knew that donald said on set like this means this but hadn't shared that with the world would you share it uh, i've thought about that and i um 
uh, there's nothing that I know for certain, but there's certain things that I suspect. I get that. True. I'm, I'm saying if yeah, yeah. you knew 100. percent I mean, no, no, I know. I don't think you would. Would you? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think if I knew 100, percent I definitely wouldn't say anything because I'd want to respect what Donald said, and and I think it's good that I don't know, so that I don't have to worry about that. Sure. There are certain things that I suspect, certain interpretations that are popular. Yeah. That I suspect aren't true intent mm. uh, because I've read the treatment and because I was there on set and saw how it got put together. Um, but I technically don't know. And and even those, I think Hero and Donald, who were the masterminds behind it, uh, I think they would be like, yeah, that wasn't my intent, but that's a great interpretation. Right. You know, so that, they're fine with people. I would assume. Right. Um, I, I'm speculating based on knowing them a little bit. I don't know them very well. Right. Uh, but I mean, I haven't asked them. I didn't talk to them about it on set right. you know, or, or later. But I mean, again, that's our the the, the true. Yeah. There, there, there almost is no true interpretation, right? Because when you when you make something, you know, if I make a painting, an abstract painting, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean anything to me, right? You know, when Jackson Pollock was was just spraying paint all over, people interpret those things in crazy ways, you know. Yeah. And maybe that's a bad example. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a you know, huge art guy. But, but the point being, like, if you come to it, you get what you need out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, there doesn't have to be an intent. Yeah. There can be. Well, and the intent can sometimes be that there's no intent. I mean, it's a really okay. Well, and yeah. I know that sounds like really like no no art artsy or whatever but like i i went to you know i went to film school at an art college and right. and so we spent a lot of time throughout different classes asking the question what is art and and you know you ask the question like is is a piece of art art because the artist says it is right uh is it not art because the audience says no no, no that's not art you know so like for example if i walked up to jackson pollock and i was just like yeah that's not art that's just splattered paint i don't care about that right you know does it make it not art and I think what I kind of concluded, and a lot of us concluded throughout film school, and even my, my professors, was that it's it's art if the viewer says it is, and the viewer might be the artist, right? Right. So it might be art to the artist, mm -hmm. and it might not be art to somebody else. And then if there's some viewer, and maybe you know, maybe a maybe a maybe a car crash, right? Let's you know, I don't, I don't want to get morbid. Let's say a car crash that everybody survives, but the <laughs> and and is healthy. But, but it, you know, there's this mangled wreck on the road and somebody walks by and is like, holy shit, like that's beautiful in a way. Right, and, like, right, and it right. was totally unintentional. Right. Um, but I find beauty in that and they take a photo. Right. And now it's, to them it's art. Maybe they never share it to anybody. Right, it's, right, right, It's right. art to them, but maybe they sure. do share it and they just say, I just thought this was interesting and so many other people are going, whoa, like that means something to me. Like, right. the sh whatever, the shapes of the metals, the, I've been in a car accident before and I relate to this and like right. this is an amazing... One man's trash is another man's treasure. Sure, too, you know? yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> and one thing, Our there was a documentary called uh, My Kid Could Make That. Yeah. Or, or My Kid Could Paint That. Paint That or Draw That or... It was something like yeah. that. Yeah, I never saw it, but yeah. Well, it was it was interesting, but um, you know the the argument that like Pollock is where this came from. Sure, could, yeah. You know, oh my kid could have just splashed paint all around a canvas, right? And the and the thing is, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Sure, he could have. Anyone could do anything. I could have made the This Is America video, but right. I didn't. But you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so like in the world of possibilities, you have to go. No, they they made this thing. Yeah. Take of it what you will, 
and you know and if you hate it fine keep walking yeah totally don't watch don't look don't you know don't linger Whatever. Well, then there's the, was it the absurdists of the early 20th century that were doing stuff like that? Like, uh, I can't remember the artist's name, but he's, he signed uh, the, the urinal and he turned it upside down and he, I think it was upside down and he wrote R. Mutt on it. He signed it R. Mutt, which I don't believe is the actual artist um, and, and put it on a wall in a gallery and I've actually seen it. And, oh, really? But the whole thing was And it like, got famous. Um, and it got super famous. Um, I'm trying to remember what the oh, I doing know, a little Google searching. Here. Oh, I should have given you my Wi-Fi <laughs> stuff. Um, it's okay. It doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. Right? At any rate, uh, I, I Duchamp. It was Duchamp. Okay. Um, and and uh, yeah, I believe, I, of course, I'm super familiar with it. Yeah, work. of course, you know exactly who that is. <laughs> um, yeah, French artist. And and I mean, his his thing was like, is this art because I say it is? Like, I've signed it. Mm-hmm. And 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 I believe he was. It was the absurdist school of mm-hmm. of thinking. You know? Well, that and, still happens. I mean, not to get weird because of the video, things are a little political. Like sure. you know, which again, this isn't a politics thing, but um, but but there, the, the White House asked for a piece of art from I can't remember what gallery, a famous gallery that has a lot. I think maybe the Getty. I can't remember, and um. And they said, sure, we'll give you the gold toilet. <laughs> and, and that was like apparently the only piece or I, I can't remember. I've, I shouldn't have even said that because I can't remember all the details. Sure, but yeah. but um, but so but the point of the gold toilet is this stuff still, you know, I mean, I've seen in galleries a, a, a white canvas. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and it's just white. And OK, they painted it. So it's not like cream colored or, right. or tan like the canvas they painted it's like they did their base layer but um i i look at it and go i don't get it <laughs> i mean i i don't yeah i don't i don't get it it doesn't mean anything to me and i can look and go oh well maybe it's supposed to uh um, um be about emptiness or nothingness <laughs> sure. and the the you know how little we are in the world or something and then I'm like eh <laughs> but but what's interesting about that is you asked maybe it's supposed to be right whereas maybe it doesn't matter what it's supposed to be right did you get emptiness out of it right you know did is that what you gathered and if that is and if that right spoke to and you, that's that great right you know? and that's that wormhole that you can go down of yeah. like you know how am I interpreting this because I think they think I right. should do this or it, totally you know I mean with 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 this video, it's a lot. It's a lot more. I shouldn't say obvious, but it's more on display. Yeah. It's not trying to give you a really, really super abstract. It's not abstract. Right. Yeah. Um, it may not all be explained, but it's it's in your face and it's there. You yeah. know. Um, the biggest thing I got out of it. Um, well, he says it in the song. I mean, but the whole thing is about you know, treating treating people of color or or the you know the downtrodden who however you want to put it um like shit and then but when they're dancing you love them yeah you know yeah. i mean obviously that's in the song but that was like that's the overriding message for me one of one of the you know the sure. very general message i don't know i don't know why i'm trying to tell you how i interpret stuff and nobody cares no it's great <laughs> my uh, opinion on this means nothing <laughs> um no, it, well, of course it does. I mean, everybody's opinion means something about mm. it. Like it's, it's, you know, if you can add to everybody's, the conversation, 
I don't know about that. <laughs> they I mean, may have I was about opinion. to get really political there for a second. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, um, you know, what's the old saying? Opinions are like assholes. Yeah. Everybody has one and nobody wants to see yours. Right. You know? <laughs> no, but but if you're if you're trying to join a discussion, then your opinion can be valid, you know, and can be valid, yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and therefore is important. I would quick, It's okay to have an opinion in your in your head about something and be completely wrong you know yeah anyway no but it's i mean if if there is an open discussion is one thing if nobody's talking about it and you're just like i hate that thing like you know that's different but you weren't even talking about you were just trying to interpret it and i think that's what people are interested in they're like oh well like what do you get out of it and you're like oh well, i got this dancing thing out of it where it's like i care about them when they're dancing right and like right but maybe i you know maybe they're saying i don't or people don't maybe it's not about me but you know um, right and there's all sorts of you know, well, ways to go about uh, directions to go with with mm-hmm. what you're seeing, and I mean, people watch it multiple times and refine their interpretations of sure. it. And I mean, so many people are like 100 percent sure, like, oh my god, I once I realized this thing, I just it blew my mind, uh, you know, and I recognized it, and then I just changed my whole interpretation of the of the video. And I'm like, yeah, that could be true. Bringing it a little bit of a tangent, but bring keeping it in the 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 world of like filmmaking. Um, I uh, I'm a sci-fi geek and I, I watch a lot of sci-fi movies and television and read comic books and all that kind of stuff and I love it and the thing about like sci-fi and fantasy fans is that they get super passionate I mean a lot of obviously fans on anything get passionate about what they're fans of but sure um, but you know here you have a, a storytelling medium and there's a story being told uh, versus you know watching a, a football game right um, uh, where everything's kind of there and you know you're going to argue about the ref's decisions but here you're looking at the story told and there's maybe things that aren't being stated outright and so then people get theories right mm-hmm. so people are like oh what is that you know why did that person do that thing uh, you know and then and then fans talk about it and they, they get into these heated discussions about like why certain things happen and they try to rationalize them and TV is actually great because in, you know as you know in television you have a very short time to shoot and you have different directors and different writers and multiple seasons and so you might have something happen a season later that conflicts with like that you know mm-hmm. doesn't agree with something that happened a season ago but nobody caught it and so then a fan will watch it and be like they'll instantly remember that thing they're like wait that doesn't make sense because the thing from so then they try to rationalize it and they come up with all these theories about like why it happened they get really intense and I, I love it and they're probably almost always wrong it's probably almost always just nobody noticed and well, somebody just, in the writer's in, room got stuck in a corner and they're like, well, the only way to write our way out of this is just to just to do this. And then and it might not even be that well thought right. out because it might be just a small forgot. thing from a season right. ago that right. somebody caught up, you know, like they were wearing a certain shirt because that was the wardrobe choice that day. And then a season later, there's like, I never wear red. Right. I've never right, worn right. red in my life. Right. You know, right, and right, it's right, just right, a right. stupid little line for a stupid little gag. Right. And nobody realizes they wore that red shirt. Right. A year ago. Right. And then they're like, wait a second. But he said he never wear it. You know. Like they get really intense and they have all these amazing theories and I I just I love them but like they're they're reading so much into it and so yeah. what's interesting about this is America is like you're supposed to read into it mm-hmm. and, and right. I feel like you're supposed to read into it and and you yeah should. because most TV is very surface entertainment yeah and 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 deeper stuff well I mean maybe we just defined art oh boy oh geez <laughs> no but 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 it happened you here, know folks <laughs> right <laughs> the five um, of you that are listening 
hey, how dare yeah. you? <laughs> I'm sorry. There's how many city cam operators are there out there? Because that's how many are there. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I I get stats on this stuff. It's it's six continents, and that's awesome. I mean, I can look at my top fifty countries. I I don't know how many there are total. That's I can only awesome. see fifty. So tell me, tell me, Antarctica is one of the six because that would be awesome. There's like fifty people. That would be super. <laughs> that would be super weird. Like nobody in Africa listens. But yeah, exactly. Antarctica's a hot spot. <laughs> I get three views a day in Antarctica. It's, it's the same person three times. <laughs> yeah, um, um, that's no, really but, cool. Yeah, was, no, it's. Awesome. I wasn't trying to pick on your podcast. Please don't. How dare you? I'm happy to be here. I appreciate <laughs> that you invited me. I'm. I, look, I'm having fun doing it. I'm having fun getting feedback from people and it's cool i haven't i haven't had anybody be like you know your voice is annoying and you suck shut up yet um oh, if it gets a little bigger i'm expecting those that's how <laughs> sure. i'll know i've made it who nice yeah. whistle <laughs> um so but anyway so getting back to the to the video sure, yeah. um i think part of the reason it resonates so much with people is not only are these are the all these messages in it um ostensibly um but it's very well made and it looks great and it's and it it's just cool just the way it's done and i watched it and went the first time i went who the hell did the study came on this I'm like this is really good and <clears throat> and so i did a little google searching and i found uh, either an article or an interview that the dp whose name has now escaped larkin siepel larkin siepel yeah um, he had done an interview with some magazine or some kind of media outlet. Yeah, I think it was Filmmaker Magazine or... Yeah, remember. maybe. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I have the article, but I, I just don't have the internet right now. But. No, no, no. I read it. I read yeah, it. Yeah. People, people can find it. It's, yeah. it's fairly easy. Um, but he mentioned your name, and I was like, oh, shit, Brian did this. Cool. So I called you that day, I think. I mean, I was obviously late to the party. <laughs> um, You're not the only one. Yeah, well, look, you know, I'm an old man now, so nah, I don't okay. I don't watch too many music videos and stuff, but um but you know, um so I asked you on when we spoke a little bit about it, but I'd like to get more details. Um Yeah. It's it's six steady cam shots. It is six steady cam shots. Can right. I actually real quick I don't interrupt. It's so funny. So, you know, it took you a few weeks to to hit me up about it, which is fine. I mean, it, a few other people kind of did the same thing, like suddenly realized Holy shit, this was Brian, and they hit me up. Right, right, right. I had a text about two or three weeks after it came out, and I this was the tail end of me getting texts and, and messages every day, right? And I get a text, and it's an AC. I'm not going to name names, but it's an AC that I haven't seen in years, like eight years, nine years. He mm -hmm. never even knew me as a Steadicam operator. Oh, okay. Um, originally. Uh, I, I knew him when I was a prep tech at Claremont Cameras so many years ago. Um, I think I worked with him in the field once or twice just uh, to help him out on personal projects. Gotcha. Haven't heard from him since. Haven't talked to him in forever. Mm -hmm. And I get a text from him like, oh, this must be because of This Is American. I read it. And he's like, dude, I was watching uh, Chef's Table and I noticed you did an episode. Great work, man. I love it. <laughs> I just... I think I probably was laughing for five or six minutes. I was on set and I was, and everybody's like, what's going on, dude? That's so funny. And I was just like, I mean, you know, like that was a year, it was two years ago that I worked on it and it was like over a year ago that it came out. Right. And then this, I haven't seen him in years and that's the thing that he hits me up again. And right, so right, I, right. I texted back and forth with him for a few minutes before I mentioned like, no, it was just weird that that's the thing you chose because <laughs> everybody else has been talking about this other thing. He's like, oh, what other thing? And I told him, he's like, oh. 
great job, dude. Right, 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 right. So that's so funny. That was really funny. So anyway, back to uh, there's six shots. Six. six yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny story. A lot of people think there's only one, which is amazing because there's two really obvious cuts. Uh, like super obvious. Super obvious cuts. One goes to like black. Uh, no, uh, or, th- there is a, there's a there's a there's a tilt up to black that then comes off of black from the ground. Yes, so sorry. it's a hidden cut, but like pretty obvious that we did cut. So that's the third one. But there's two direct just cuts that you can very easily see. Right. Well, um, there's there's also the one that, that two whip pans. pans. Yeah, there's two. There's whip two. Pans, okay. Yeah. The first Gosh, two see, cuts. I haven't even I've yeah. watched it a, a handful of times and I still you know no there's people a lot miss to, them. There's yeah. a lot to catch. No, I totally get. It. But it's just funny to me that sometimes I mean somebody will watch it once or twice, three, four, or five weeks ago, and they'll be like, "Hey, is that one shot?" You know, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, right. I get it. Like you haven't seen it in a while, and you, sure you were probably so enthralled watching all the stuff that was happening, which is, which is perfect. That you're just, which is amazing. Yeah, and right. that that makes me happy. So, but that first whip pan, you don't even you don't even go into a whip pan. I do. Yeah, both, Are you both whip pans whip on the front and back end. Yeah, do they? Okay, because because the it doesn't. It's so quick on the kids, <laughs> on the choir. Yeah, yeah, it lands on the choir. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. Is it whipping? Yep. Oh, well, see, I need to watch it like fifty more times. Apparently, um, well, I was going to say it works anyway. That was no, funny. yeah, but I, but I guess it's what's well, the tail end of it? I guess, but yeah, they. I mean, they cut. So so the the whip theoretically like if it had been a real whip yeah. uh like a, a without an edit uh it's a it's a 90 degree pan right mm-hmm. um so cutting into cutting that tight i think into the 90 degrees so basically the the cut happens at 45 degrees which means i've barely panned mm-hmm. before you have to wipe to this other one and then it barely gets out of it so i, I think you just don't see much of either whip does that does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense on the back one. Yeah, because your eyes are adjusting to what you're seeing, right? And the whip is ending while that's happening. Exactly. Yeah. The other one is clear because you, sh- you yeah. whip. Yeah. I mean, you start moving. Yeah. Um, the second whip, actually, that's that's basically ninety degrees as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it, again, if it had been a real sure full shot without cutting, yeah, that one would be ninety degrees as well. So, um, but yeah, they're both they're both whips on either side of the cut. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there's six shots. I think you told me there were supposed to be more and then you kept adding or was it, was it in the article that I read that? Um, or was it always six? I'd have to reread. I'd have to reread the article as well. Uh, there might've been more, I mean, on the discussions before the day. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Well, there's two days of shooting and, and I think when they were discussing during prep, they they didn't necessarily have the they I think they had talked about doing it as a oneer mm-hmm. at early on and they're like well it's okay if we break it up it doesn't need to be one and then if we want to use this space and we want to use this space and we want to use this space uh, I should have reread the article right before I came in here yeah me um, too <laughs> but they they ended up using spaces around the warehouse that were so far apart like there was no way to do a oneer which I don't know if that was the reason they decided but I. I think they just weren't ever married to the idea of doing a one They were just like, well, that would be nice. It's an idea of yeah, a shot it, that flows the whole way through. Yeah, through. and it, right. it should conti- it should always have that feel of just flowing from one to the other, but it doesn't need to be literally a one I think was always the concept. Um, 
and then they were it's just kind smart of, that they didn't marry themselves to that yeah because you end up you end up giving up so much yes by trying to make this one thing happen yes you know that's what editing's for yes and i think <laughs> you know the spaces we chose to use i think it's good that we didn't do a one or in fact i actually remember in the treatment he said and i think i had a pretty early treatment because it was there's several glaring differences between what we shot and what i read in the treatment mm. um and uh, but I think even in the treatment it said, you know, could theoretically be a wonder, but it's fine if it's a few shots. Got like it. right at the beginning. Who I, wrote Who wrote the treatment? Hero, the director. Hero, really? Mariah, yeah. With do you know with with input from uh, from Donald or probably? Uh, you know, they have such a long working relationship. Oh, do they? I yeah, know that, yeah. Um, they've yeah they've been working together for years on Childish Gambino music videos and. Uh, uh, <laughs> For those that don't know that are listening, Childish Gambino is the uh, musical performer name that uh, Donald Glover works under for his it's music. It's his rapper name. It's his rapper right? name, yeah. Um, <laughs> which he got from a Wu-Tang Clan name generator. Uh, <laughs> you just put in your name and it gives you a I heard that. A yeah, name, yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, so he'd been working with uh, Donald for years. They did uh, a lot of music videos together. Um, trying to remember all of them uh, sweatpants and sober and 3005 and telegraph avenue and probably a couple more that are escaping me at the moment um and uh and well, that's then, a lot of that's a lot of collaboration yeah, yeah and then donald has a tv show called atlanta that's on fx which has just finished its second season and uh from the beginning he brought hero in on that and hero directed um i think several episodes of the first season and Got so, it. certainly several episodes of the second season um so they, you know, very good working Strong relationship. Strong working relationship. Um, good so, I guess they're good buddies or something. Yeah. Huh? They yeah. must be at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I think you would think. They have, I mean, and just watching them work together was just it was so effortless on their part. You know, they were just very collaborative, very easy to talk to each other. You know, it, it was uh, pretty great to see that kind of interaction. Um, and uh, so I, th I think, yeah, Donald probably was like, hey, hero, probably early on. Uh, this is the song I'm working on. I want to do something for it, you know, blah, blah. And they, I wouldn't be surprised if Hero was working on ideas very early. Um, yeah, I gotcha. And uh, um, putting stuff together. And, and I, I don't know if the visual concept of the video is strictly Heroes. Or, sure. Or if Donald was like, here's a lot of the stuff I want to do. What do you think? I, I don't know how much collaboration on that part. Right. Um, but obviously they both had a lot of input and the, sure and donald has uh I forget, I forget the gentleman's name but donald has like a creative director as well that was that i think is more general to donald in his whole world uh got know, it so i think he probably had a lot of input sure um as well uh so yeah so once we got to the shoot day which is other than reading the treatment was mainly my beginning of my interaction with all this and knowing what we're doing um, by then there was definitely like three shots each day two two shoot days and right um, and they knew what the three shots were that being said there's one shot that could have been two that when we it was the second day it's the shot that begins it's the end of the second whip it lands on Donald's back right after the choir mm -hmm. wraps around Donald pulls back you see the guy fall in the background it it, it pushes up or it tilts up to it the tilts uh, up, right. to the kids on their phones and then it comes back down and Donald's dancing and there's a car on fire and the horse runs in the background and it ends on a kind of medium close of Donald uh, pulling out a, a, 
a blunt and uh, walking away. And then jumping on the car. Uh, it cuts. It cuts to. Oh, it cuts to that part. To that. Right, right, right. Um, and, and so that shot was actually planned as two. Uh, so there would have been seven shots. And what we were going to do was after panning away from the kids when I'm just on, you know, the roof of the. Yeah, the, it's like that iron beams and stuff yeah, or whatever, right? on the roof of the, 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 the warehouse. They were going to do a cut there, just a you know, digital Like a match dissolve. cut kind of thing. Yeah, and, um, you know, VFX, like, marry it together so that it's, you know. So it still looks like so one. So it looks like one shot. And um, the, the reason we were going to do that was, uh, from what I understand, was really just so that, um, I think two reasons, twofold. Like we could focus on the first part of the shot and get that nailed, and for and, shooting and purposes. not have to worry about the rest of it. Right. Uh, it's not just for like camera wise and and background wise, but for lighting, because mm. the lighting was going to be better. It's on a big one space side. too, right? Yeah, during the morning, and then the lighting was going to be better on the other side during the evening, and then the other reason was just the amount of background like it seemed like it was going to be more viable to get you know you could just keep all your background in one section sure and then switch them over to the other section when you do it as a separate shot so those were the two reasons basically and then also they had to run over uh yeah they had to run over um but it wasn't so far i think that anybody was really worried about it oh okay uh well also also while you're i mean they could have done that later if they wanted to uh, cut to think about together. it. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been helpful for lighting and stuff like that. Right. But but, um, but if they liked the beginning of one, exactly and the end right. Of another, yeah, exactly for sure. Right. Um, so it was planned that way, and then we got there, and what was really cool. So Larkin and Hero has have also worked together uh, for years, and they they've done most of those Gambino videos together. Mm. Um, so they have a really great working relationship, and it was great. So we rehearsed that scene as one, mainly just to kind of get a feel for how it was all going to go together. And on the same, right after the same rehearsal take, which wasn't, it wasn't the first rehearsal take, it was after two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think we had Steadicam up yet. Uh, and we were just watching it. Hero and Larkin looked at each other at the same time and both said, I think we should do this as one. Uh, that's funny. And they were like, yeah, because the flow of it, you know, keeping the dancing going and keeping the energy up, like, I don't want to, like, cut and then have to have them find that same energy again mm-hmm. and i mean i love that even larkin who wanted to cut it for lighting even he was like oh we need to do he knew it's better one. that way yeah. yeah and um and that's the that's true collaboration yeah, right being is, willing to sacrifice a little bit of your stuff to make the whole yeah. better right and that's cool so that was pretty pretty amazing and then and then i think larkin even mentioned this in the in the interview so hopefully i'm not giving away something but in the end, we still didn't even get the lighting we wanted because to get the take we wanted with the background all lined up and everything perfect, the lighting had moved, you know, the sun had moved, mm. and we had, um, I think, like a lot more top light than was originally planned, but it ends up having this cool feel to it that I think Larkin really liked. I really liked it, um, and even though it wasn't necessarily the intent, like, it came out really cool. It's, it's maybe a little bit more raw happy um, accident yeah kind of yeah. happy accident like it just it, it just works but were they were they going to be more backlit yeah the original goal was to have them backlit in each spot right um and uh i think they ended up just kind of being toplit the whole time uh and uh you know uh it works i mean it's cool so so but that's a question i get a lot is people ask me if that was a 
a cut when I panned over and I was oh. like, actually, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and, and what the hard part about it was, um, we were on a, a zoom lens, a 30 to 90, I believe mm-hmm. zoom lens, uh, ingenue, get into the tech stuff, uh, ingenue easy zoom. Okay. And so that shot starts at a 40 mil. And then when I go up to the kids, it zooms into a 90. And then when I'm coming off the kids, before I land on Donald and the dancers, it comes all the way out to a 30. Mm. And that's what made landing them hard. Because as you know, if you're going up and you're blind, you don't know where that frame you have to land is. You need to find marks. You need to find, okay, I need to make sure that that thing's on the left of my frame. You know, that girder Mm -hmm. cuts just across the top corner or whatever. You find marks so that you have a path. Right. Well, some kind of visual marker, but if you're zooming, but if you're zooming, your visual markers are changing constantly. You have to feel it. And you really have to feel it out. And it was a very precise frame because I had to see the car on the left. And I personally, nobody even said you have to see the whole car. I personally wanted to see the whole car because the whole car was on fire. Right. So I was like, I want to show that car. Like, that's good production value. Right. But because of the angle I was at, if I had shown any to the left of the car, any little bit to the left of the car, I would have seen a lot of crew. I would have seen all the guys that had the propane tanks. Uh, that were creating the fire. creating the fire mm-hmm. and and that was just the nature of the angle we were at and like sure. I just had so I had to cut that left edge perfectly mm. and I was really nervous about it but you know take after take I think you know Larkin was pulling the zoom and I think after a few takes we got into a sink mm-hmm. so I did sort of have marks you know because that I because you I, knew where he was going kind I, of thing. yeah right. he was timed with me so that my marks did show up in mm-hmm. the right place at the right time every time and and um, but it became more of a subconscious thing like we were just in sync i wasn't necessarily looking for specific marks i had some general concepts i get it to watch out for but yeah um so that was really how many how many takes did you do with that um of that shot i i know so there's rehearsals and there's takes and the actual physical takes or actual rolling takes on film shot on film by the way but we rehearsed on digital that's a whole other story i can get into in a second oh, uh, but okay. the actual takes on film uh were definitely over 10 i think it was around 12 or 13 um of that shot and it was mostly uh if not entirely resets for background happening and it, it's not that the background were, players were screwing up it mm-hmm. was more about oh we need to make sure this moment happens at the right time you know, some like he's doing the, the great thing. He's just doing it a little early. Yeah, and right. and and it might not be his fault. It might be like you know what we thought that was a cool idea. I've just realized it's not a cool idea. Right, right, right. Uh, sure. Or or maybe it was like they uh, they really you know they're they're hamming it up. I don't I don't really know what all the different sure things were, but I was hearing some of the discussion and sure. and it seemed like it was just trying to dial it. Out. I mean, if if you watch that video, you know that you have to pay attention to the background. And I think Hero was just really making sure that the background was working mm-hmm. effectively the way he wanted it to. Yeah. Um, and and you know some of the timing was really rough the horse timing was really rough because you know what's the delay when you cue a horse you know <laughs> like probably slightly different every time right. <laughs> and, um right. so i know they really wanted that horse to be perfect and i there was a a little bit and it, because it's at the end of the shot <laughs> you know you you're not going to cut if it's not perfect you're going to finish the shot and then decide mm-hmm. if it works or not mm-hmm. um so but yeah there was there was about 12 or 13 takes of, of, of that. And I, I don't think it's the very last take, but it's one of the later takes that was used. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be the last take. Um, yeah. What, so 
you mentioned so film. What kind of camera do you digital, have? Yeah, oh, digital, yeah. Oh, I think film. I read you had a you had an Airy Studio. Yes, we had an Airy Cam Studio, um, which was an interesting story. The you know it's a music video, so you don't need sync. You don't need a MOS. Or I mean, sorry. Yeah, you don't need a sync sound camera. You don't need a quiet camera. Were you over cranking or something? So yeah, for the, the end, original right? goal, the original plan was to shoot on a four thirty five, which okay. is perfect, mm-hmm. right? You got oh. That's a noise. Don't worry about <laughs> that. That was a noise. <laughs> Did I get a call? Uh, <laughs> um, so the original goal was to get a 435. It's perfect. It's a it's a great Steadicam camera, uh, size and weight wise, and you can crank it. What if you get a regular one? It's like 120 or 150, or you know, and then like the the EXs can go faster. I think, but. I think the max ever was 150 okay like so maybe that's like, yeah but maybe yeah that's, anyway yeah. yeah but so that's great so you can shoot off speed it's awesome um but then it became an issue of they really wanted because of all that detail on the background they really wanted an hd tap because they wanted to watch playback and make sure everything was landing perfectly and they were worried about sure a standard f tap and it looking fuzzy and hard to hard to read everything is there no hd tap for 435 there does exist a f- oh. 435 hd tap but they couldn't source one for you know the rental house was I didn't hear the story, but the rental house wasn't able to get one. They couldn't find one or whatever. So, so then they went to, this is a couple days before prep. Um, I get a text like, Hey, are you okay with an LT, uh, an area cam light? And I was like, yeah, totally. That's great. It's my favorite film camera to fly. It's actually my favorite camera to fly ever. Yeah. It's and a great camera. it's a fantastic camera. Um, so now it's a sync sound camera, but they have an HD tap. So all as well. And then on the prep day, they switched that to a studio and I got this call from Larkin because he's had me fly a Panavision G2 before and I did it and it was fine but I was like dude I don't know if you should call me for another G2 <laughs> um, and that was in like 100 degree heat out in you know Santa Clarita Been there, done and that. it was miserable flies so, great though it does um, so now it's switched to a heavier camera and he doesn't know how heavy it is uh, compared to a G2 for, sure. for steady camp and sure. so he calls me he's like hey man Here's the thing. We want to be able to shoot 60 frames per second, which we can't do with an AirCam light. The fastest speed is a f- uh, 40 frames per second mm. on an AirCam LT. So he's like, they have a studio. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's you know, it's heavier than an LT, but it's not nearly as heavy as a G2. It's and probably a few pounds heavier. Yeah, it's definitely. F- I used to know weights. Um, like a, a good Steadicam build for an LT was like 32 pounds or something. And I think a ST was like 36 so you know four pounds heavier but it depends on what's on it you know sure of course and, um or i think an lt could even get lighter it could get to like 29 or 28 depending on how stripped and, and what lens and all that kind of stuff yeah um so so we did it with an st um which was fine you know we still had 400 foot mags and and um we had super speeds so it wasn't and, oh, and light then, lenses light lenses and, the, <laughs> and then it was the we also had those zoom lenses which are also very light for their size mm um you know they're about the size of a you know 15 to 40 or 28 to oh really okay all right but you know maybe slightly bigger but definitely lighter yeah than, yeah, the, yeah. than those lenses so um so so that was really cool and then we shot on film and it's great i always love shooting on film and um it gives you that little you know the, the magazine gives you that little natural gyro effect it's just a little little boost little help to yeah, yeah. to the steady cam yeah and uh um, so that's nice but we rehearsed on digital again because of the the detail in the background and it was i don't know exactly who it was 
that requested that, but it was the idea was if we rehearse on digital, we'll have a beautiful image uh, on the monitor, very clear, no problem, easy to see, no flickering shutter in the way, mm-hmm. no worries about the video tap being good or bad or in focus or out of focus. Uh, it'll just be a clear HD signal and we'll be able to line everything up. And then once we feel good about it, we'll switch to film. And and so they wanted you to rehearse with digital on your sled. Yes, uh, so I did. Um, and I think in the end we decided there was no need to be concerned. I I was never concerned about the HD tap, but there was a little bit of a somebody concern. at some point. Yeah, and it, and it grew. I and guess, it grew, so. I guess. And 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 um, and we did actually have like a, a minor soft focus thing with the HD tap the first day that we were able to dial out and once we dialed it out it was like oh this is fine we mm-hmm. don't need we don't need to do anything but this we can totally see this just fine right um, and uh you know it's just a whatever collimation thing there's adjustments on the side of the camera under a panel but um but uh so it was interesting trying to rehearse on a camera that's totally different you know it doesn't have that gyro effect so it feels different it's it's not as tall because of the magazine you know, so it's it's balanced. So you're doing it flies a total rebalance. Yeah. So the oh. the basically at the beginning of the first kind of day, I balanced both cameras. Um, I was a not available for the prep, and b they weren't going to pay for it. So right. Um, so in the beginning of the first day, while we were setting up the first the first shot, I I threw I actually threw the film camera on first. Uh, balanced it all out, figured it out, and then I took it off and I threw the digital camera on because I knew we were gonna start on that mm-hmm. so i wanted to have the film camera balanced and ready so that once we were done just rehearsing like mark your plate and all yeah. that stuff yeah, yeah um and uh yeah and i had different plate i had i have a, you know enough plates that i can put one on sure each camera i mean it's two plates <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i hope you have at least two plates out there operators <laughs> um, as soon as you lose one you're gonna regret not having a second um well, and like back in the day when everybody had a second plate on top of the on camera. On top for low mode, yeah. Um, and uh, or or put a gyro on there, or you know whatever. Um, you used gyros on this, right? I did use gyros on this for for the whole thing. Nope, just uh, for the end. Just for the last two shots in the in the dark when he's running, and would not have needed them uh except for the big tilt at the beginning um so the the first the first of those two running shots it's behind him he's running away from camera but it tilts off that black yeah and what was interesting was um i mean i definitely found you know i i, I rehearsed with the grip tricks uh we were on a grip tricks for the running because you know i might be able to keep up with donald glover if i'm not wearing 80 extra pounds maybe i don't know i didn't try well he's sprinting but, too yeah but yeah i mean and at a full sprint maybe i could race him and keep up with him not wearing a rig wearing 80 extra pounds there's no way so much less keeping it stable during that during that run um so we had a grip trip it's the smart safe way to do it exactly (laughs) it's absolutely the best safest thing to do so we had a grip tricks which can accelerate and match speed very easily um but we only have a limited space you know because we're indoors Mm -hmm. so um to get the timing right we had to accelerate very very fast um, for the light to, to get into the, the right part of the light. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to tilt, I had to tilt. So I'm in low mode. So all that weight is low on the, the rig. And so I'm pulling the camera towards me. It wants to fall forward, 
right? So I'm pulling my rig, t- the, the camera towards me, uh, you know, to tilt down. Mm-hmm. And now, so now that weight wants to fall away from me, right? Because mm-hmm. you're tilting away from level. But then as soon as you accelerate the grip tricks, that weight wants to come more towards you. Uh, oh, because you're in the front. Because uh, I'm on the front. Sorry. Right, yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm following. And so that, that, that inertia wants to stay where it is as you accelerate. So now I have to tilt the other direction than it's, than it's trying to tilt. Sure. And I'm having to force it because it's a heavy camera. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of weight compared to, you know, a yeah, mini yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. So now that I'm forcing it, I'm having to over control it. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was you got a little white knuckle happening in a little white knuckle. And so it was just, I was forcing it too much and it was wiggling and you know, like that's the part of the shot they're going to use is that tilt up. Right. <laughs> um, once we got going, I could hold it. No problem. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't the acceleration itself. I mean, I do grip tricks on Ninja warrior all the time. We accelerate all of a sudden, no problem, but I'm just, you know, I'm just static. I'm just it's a holding different it. Shot. It's a different I shot. It. I get and it. it was the tilt that did it. If I had just started on him, right, would have been fine. I would have had to resist the so rig, you just, so you but just... I would have just, I wouldn't have been tilting. So it would have right. been easy. So I threw the gyros on to help basically fight me. <laughs> um, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was really interesting and it totally worked. And, you know, shooting at 60 frames per second helps. <laughs> Uh, it does. You know, um, shooting at 120 would help more. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks good. Um, I mean, I don't see any. I don't see any uh, flaws in it. Um, but it was good. It was good. And I, I get asked a lot if I was using gyros uh, throughout the video. And it's funny because I wish I could say no, I didn't use them at all. And everybody thinks, oh, I used them at the end because I was on a grip tricks. I was like, no, actually, it's. I mean, yeah, it's because I'm on a grip tricks, but it's because of the tilt. Like, no, I get if it. I was just already pointing at him i wouldn't have needed him no no i get and, it i uh, mean it makes sense and and i knew that because i read in the article sure. that that you you used him for a couple of shots yeah um but um i think a lot more people use gyros than used to anyway. yeah it's become kind of a norm i mean i think they've gotten quieter i'm not sure but i think they've gotten quieter for one and well i've heard um i think baldwin told me this uh when he was in new york uh, he would he would crank them up in between takes and then pull the plug on yes. them and just let them run yeah, and then and they were fine for sound. Generally, yeah, I, I mine, we're outside in New York already, so yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I've done the same trick. You know, I mean, they're they're certainly quieter when they're not powered, mm-hmm. but they still take ten minutes to fully spin down. So you've probably got a solid five minutes of pretty good RPM. Pretty one. good RPM. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, so I do it when there's a sound issue uh as well obviously on on this there was no sound issue so i just left them spinning but um no uh, i get you but yeah so it was great it was great to have them it's great that you know i remember back in the day when you had to have a battery belt yeah I don't th- they wouldn't power off a of, oh man so well, i just never yeah. i never got involved i've flown i've flown rigs with gyros but only like twice yeah it's not something that i i use very often i mean it's yeah two times a year tops and yeah. probably more like once a year so right um but it's it's a nice tool to have when you need it i'm sure you were happy to have it for the for, yeah for that i mean realistically if they had to fix a little wobble or something they probably could have done that but yeah it's nice to be able to give them on the day give them exactly what you want to give them it is it's you know? it's really nice for it to be per- and then and then that way you don't have to compromise framing you know because if you know you're going to take it out then you're like okay we got to be a little wider 
you know you have to start making compromises because you know they're going to take out a little yeah, I mean, bubble yeah, or something be. you yeah, know yeah. and it's it's nice to just, no, just see to... what you're going to have well i was going to ask you like i asked you a bunch of questions about the video yeah about this this is america but the one video what what I've what, done. what have <laughs> no well, what <laughs> have i what have i left out what have i left out um i don't know i mean we kind of covered the bases um interpretations there's six shots three shots every day two yeah. days uh dialing stuff in working with everybody um i mean you know because i don't know a lot about the the meaning behind the video as far as like intent um no but we covered but, we covered most of the technical we covered stuff all right yeah I mean, technical wise and- yeah i mean it was just it's six shots so it's i mean and we talked about how achieving one of them uh well we talked about achieving a couple of them yeah and then yeah oh, well, well what i was going to say to you about it too um is there are a couple of moments one at the beginning when you go past the guy and then you you're you're wide getting tighter and then you're and then you're tight and then you get wider and then the the choir shot you come around and then you pull straight back and i believe very quickly yeah and um those for me are i don't i don't know that i'm bad or good at them I, I don't think I'm good at them. I, I don't know if I'm bad at them, but they're always like a stress for me. Those kinds of shots, shots that go from um, shots that go from very tight and then go to like a full body shot, like head to toe. That's um, that's a funky. That's a fun. You're pulling up. Paper. I'm making notes for myself so that I don't forget. I'm listening to everything you're saying, but I, there's a couple of things I was going to mention. So oh, okay, I'm just good. Making notes without no, interrupting. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Um. But um oh a man who had a checkbook in his pocket. Where are you paying me to be on this? Am I? Well now that I know <laughs> oh, you shit. have the checkbook here. <laughs> um, um no no. Um uh <clears throat> I, I just wanted to compliment you and say that that stuff is really great because you're it's just all very controlled and and and, and quiet. And it's easy to make those shots kind of adjusty. You know what I mean? Like too much tilting for head, too much, right. you know. And then also horizon is always tough when getting getting so wide like that in a building with <laughs> with iron All columns, horizontal and <laughs> yeah. verticals everywhere. So anyway, kudos to you on that. I thought your oh, work on so it much. was great. And I think you're part of why the whole thing is good. I mean, you're one of – well, look, they have a concept. They want to do it. And – you and Larkin put it together. I mean, obviously you had a team, but yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome um, team. And, and, and actually I should shout out to uh, Matt Sanderson, the focus puller who I've worked with a few times, mostly with Larkin, but also with a couple other DPs and uh, Matt just killed it. He did a and, great job. Cause a lot of those tight to wide things are oh, tough exactly. for a focus puller too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. And like the whip panning, uh, you know, and landing, you know, all of that. And uh, he, you know, and for you know, these days, even experienced ACs are used to working on digital and having perfect monitors. And yeah, we had an HD tap, and it was useful. But I mean, Matt was—I mean, that opening shot, for example, Matt was not on a monitor. He was walking with me, doing it the old school way. Sure. And, and he did—he has a rangefinder for sure. You know, giving him information on his on his hand unit. But he's walking with me, looking at this the distance, and you know, mm-hmm. checking it. And and uh, he really killed it. I, I think there was one take of one of the shots that he asked for one more just in case. He he was pretty confident it he was felt fine. felt a little buzzy, man. He just felt like, he was just like, hey guys, you know, I, it's probably fine, but like if we're okay going again, 
um, for time and for film. Like, uh, I would, if that was the take you love the most, I just would like to try one more. And and I don't know in the end if if like they checked that take and and uh, you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, all that stuff. But no, that's he, impressive to have just one one take yeah. with, with with only one concern at all. That's yeah. Funny. No, he he felt good the whole way through. I thought everything looked great the whole way through. Um, you know that stuff in the dark at the end was really hard to look at a monitor mm-hmm. and and tell anything. So he was pulling up a monitor on that stuff. Well, I I don't remember specifically. I mean, he always had the monitor for reference if he mm-hmm. wanted it. Sure, but a lot of times he was just watching the action. And so so what I all I'm saying is that that stuff at the end that was dark would be hard to do on a monitor. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Sure. so he's you know, and I mean it's so fast and it's slow motion. So we all know that folk, you know, slow yeah, you got to get it on time. Yeah, slow motion makes Steadicam look better, but it makes focus pulling look worse if you're not perfect. Right. And right. and I mean, he just killed it, and um, and I just very impressed. So and and actually, I should shout out to uh, Jonathan Deese, the second AC, who, you know, two camera packages, one camera team. Uh, switching cameras, you know, from oh, yeah, it had to be steady and stuff, him. and sure, and keeping it, you know, and like we had to move all the way across the warehouse, and him just keeping everything straight and organized, and knowing where everything went and stuff, uh, it was pretty amazing. And uh, we had a, a loader named Erin. I for, forgot her last name, but she was really great too, and always kept us and didn't flash any mags, didn't flash any mags, and kept it all sorted and us loaded, uh, you know, plenty um, of film ready to go at all times. And you know, it's it's hard to find strong loaders these days because there's so few of them. Yeah, uh, loaders in the traditional sense. In the, of the tra- word. yeah, film loaders, actually film loaders. loading film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we had an awesome team, um, and uh, our gaffer Matt Ardine, who's worked with Larkin for years, and. Um, killing it and and, and it, it, there wasn't a ton of lighting with lights <laughs> you know we were using the natural light from the sun but we'd supplement it mm-hmm, sure uh and then the fire there was um the the fire that's behind the kids with the cell phones is, there's no fire there it's all just lighting effects and right and and like you know no, it looks atmosphere great. it looks great yeah, yeah. um so it's just a great team um do you have any tj miller was our tj no tj crap edit this part out <laughs> Our key grip TJ, uh, who have worked with a bunch as well, is fantastic. That's it's okay to have a brain fart and forget somebody's last name. It's fine. <laughs> but by the way, do do you have any idea what the budget was? That's an excellent question. I don't. Um, mm. I rarely do have an idea of what the budgets are of these things. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's I not, mean, it, it's it, not really important. I just it's seemed decent. Like I got I got a decent rate and rental uh considering it was a music video which tend to be much lower rates and rentals offered mm-hmm. and um i got a pretty good one um probably not the best you could ever get on a on a music video but like pretty yeah, high up fine. there yeah, good. pretty high up there That's which good. felt good and and you know with very little they knew where to spend discussion. the money they knew where to spend the money yeah and that, it's good and that was great and 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 well and in <laughs> In regards to they know where to spend the money, um, Ari Robbins, who's a, a really good friend of mine, um, and is largely responsible for my my opportunities, I will say that that grew my career. Um, he originally introduced me to Larkin years ago when he wasn't available for a job, and mm. um, they've done Ari's done several of these Childish Gambino videos with Hero and Larkin, and mm. Ari was the first call, of course. Uh, and he was fortunately for me unavailable <laughs> and uh gotcha and so i got to do this i got to do this uh music video which was really exciting i've wanted to work uh with donald 
in any capacity, you know, uh, you know, movie, TV show, sure. anything. anything right. uh, and so I was just really excited to work with him to begin with. And then once I kind of realized what we were doing and how big of a deal it was, um, I got even more excited. But and, and what I mean is before it blew up, it was just, we're just shooting it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. realizing that what we're doing is a big deal. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, before I even realized it was going to be as big of a deal yeah, as it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, cool. So that was just really cool. So I was, I was really glad for the opportunity. And, and all of that was to say that you were telling me that I was integral to uh, kind of the look of it and the feel of it. Um, and I, I think it's true. I think I think it would have looked different if Ari had done it. Sure. I, th- I think him and I have similar styles, but we're different. We're different operators. Everybody's got a slightly different style. You know, you can give five different Steadicam operators the same shot and they all might do it amazingly, but they're going to look slightly different. Mm-hmm. And, so, so I feel like there is a little bit of me, of course, in there this is. in this video, and I'm yeah, yeah. I'm really kind of happy about that. And actually, a note about that: um, I've had several people that have are very familiar with my work. I've had an old buddy that I went to college with. I've had an AC. Um, I've had another Steadicam operator that all watched this video, and they're all very familiar with my work, and all guessed that it was me and oh, really? hit me up and was like, was that you? Or they would look it up first and then hit me up. But that's so funny. Um, um, but so that was really cool, you know, like to, to know that not only do I have a style that's recognizable, but that it's not recognizable because it's not good. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's recognizable because it's a movement. Um, Mine is recognizable as controlled falling. Yeah, totally. No and worries. <laughs> people know if they if they fear the camera might hit the pavement at any moment. It's probably, it's probably Brad. If it looks like I'm stumbling, it's because right. I am. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that operator like this is a cool shot, but like oh, I hope it's oh it cut away. Okay, I'm, I'm sure he didn't fall. POV of a dead guy <laughs> or a guy dying. Um, <laughs> I had my first fall. Oh. Uh, I guess it would have been two years ago now. My first fall in my whole career. Wow! Congratulations on because uh, I know you're like super old and have been doing it for super, ever. So super, super old. So congratulations on going that long. Um, that's like thirty years before a fall, right? It's <laughs> Fifty. Fifty. Wow. That was me knocking on wood. By yeah. The way, that, that it's my last one. That it's your last. Sure. I've come very, very close multiple times my my first fall was almost into the ocean in low mode holy crap (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) unlike my second paid steadicam job ever wow and i i almost put an sr3 into the into the atlantic but i didn't props for not good save (laughs) i don't know how i don't like i put the rig behind me to stay standing oh sure because i was running chasing people oh, running boy. on feet it was like a surf shop commercial yeah. and um and and the way the water goes it gets you know very slowly progressively deeper and there was a certain moment where the drag on my legs was so much that the rig just started going in front of me That's amazing. and once that starts yeah you're you're toast yeah and that was about probably calf to knee high somewhere in there and then i was like just pulling the yeah. anyway it was a close call <laughs> i may have gotten hit by a like a little ripple of a wave that kept me up it was very close oh wow <laughs> but anyway sorry i got way off track no no that's great that's a great story. have you ever have you ever fallen oh yeah um how many times uh it, i guess at most wow if you have to think that well hard. it's it's at most four it depends on how you define a fall um oh five sorry at most five um the very first one i was running backwards in really tall grass and i had a very light rig i just had a flyer mm-hmm. uh, it's about seven years ago and it's very tall grass like 
probably almost waist high. And I had a spotter. And That's I was, not grass at that point, is it? Yeah, really? yeah it's still grass. Yeah. Um, and and I had a spotter, and I, I I was worried about it, so I was high stepping, you know, and and so I was getting very exhausted very quickly, high stepping mm. through tall grass. And I did two takes, and everything was fine. And then we went for one more, and I should have said, "Hey, I just need a couple minutes." Right. And I st- I'm running backwards in this high grass on the third take, and I'm just losing energy. So I, st- I kind of, without realizing it, don't step as high. Yeah, yeah. And then I literally just trip over tall grass. Right, like a bunch of... <laughs> yeah. Tall, right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I kind of felt it coming, and I had a spotter behind me trying to hold me up. And so it was a very controlled descent where I just sat down on my butt, and the, the rig stayed up. Oh, And nothing, okay. nothing That's happened. That's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, so not really a major fall. And, and I guess if I'm counting that as a possibility, there was another one even before that that I was just in a rocky area and the same thing happened and I technically fell, but there was a tall boulder behind me and I knew it was there, so I just sat down on that and actually finished the shot. Oh, really? And they were like, going again. I was like, why? The shot was great. He's like, but you fell. And I was like, no, 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 watch, watch it back. Right. And it was perfect. Um, that's so funny. So that's um, not a fall. So that's not a fall. So like both of those didn't really it feel It could like have been falls. a fall. Yeah. And then I did one where I tripped, or I, I lost my balance going forward, but I caught myself on a on a tree. So like I didn't, I never like mm. fell all the way down, gotcha. you know. So like those are the ones that like I'm not sure if they count. But then I, my first probably real fall, which was also very controlled because my grip caught me, it was just on a street, mm. and I forget what happened, but I tripped on something, and um, I did lay all the way down, but it was kind of slow motion um, because my grip caught me. And and so it was very. And then slow he just motion. helped you down so that you didn't fall hard. Yeah, and yeah. I just I just pushed the rig up so the rig never hit anything and it was fine. You know, um, some people say, and I've told grips this before during especially certain shots, like if I'm going backwards and they're behind me, I tell them, look, if I'm falling, grab the rig. Yeah, just grab the sled. Yeah. Um, if you know, I can fall on my ass, and you know, okay, maybe I could hit my head. Probably not. Probably not. You should never <laughs> hit um, your head. That's where your brain is. Except in a really certain... That's a good point. Um, I mean, it won't affect me that much, clearly, but still, <clears throat> preserve the one cell that I have, the one brain cell. Yeah, um, you know, there might be no, two. No, but I mean, if the rig... If you fall in the wrong way and the rig lands on you, mm-hmm. that's you can do severe damage. <laughs> totally, totally. As a matter of fact, in my fall, I used, I used the camera to break my fall. Nice. Um, so I was running. Actually, I'll tell you if you yeah. want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I was chasing this woman. We're in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm chasing um, um, an actress, uh, Ruth Nega, actually. Oh. No. Was it Ruth at the time or was it Ruth's stunt woman? Oh, sure. One or the other. Yeah. But anyway, I think it was her stunt woman. So we're running down this alley, and then she bangs into like a large um, fence slash door like a gate type thing you know a long gate and she bangs into it and it opens and so we did like three half speed rehearsals right she banged it and it opened a certain amount every time i walked through it because she's moving and i'm sp- supposed to be moving too and um and so i did it every time and then when we did it the door opened of course at full speed it didn't go exactly right. as planned the door opened half as much which meant i had to run closer to the inside post yep. of this thing totally. and there was a hill there that i hadn't seen before oh, like around no. the post so i, yeah, I got clip a toe on there and then it's the it's the long oh my god strides like 
either I'm going to tear like a thigh muscle out of my body or I have to crash now. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> and, and finally, I realized this is the point where I crash. And so I literally took the rig and pointed it. Right. Um, I mean, it was... It wasn't on purpose, purpose, but it was like I'm falling down and yeah. I used a rig. Yeah, it happened to be the lens and stuff that. But I, all I broke was like two filters and the beauty nice. ring on the on the lens. I think we had like a either a fifteen to forty or like a twenty eight to seventy six or one sure. of those things. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. If um, you're if you're going forward and the rig's so in front of you and you can't pull it back to balance you. I really feel like the best thing is to shove it even further forward and let it hit first. <laughs> right. Like I really do. Like it's, it's the safest because if you try to save it now, it's going to smack right into you as you land. And I think yeah. if you just get it down there first, right. You've probably got a better chance of landing softly on you it. You can fix gear. <laughs> yeah. Know? Which it, so number one about my, I was so embarrassed. Um, um, it was, it was not my first day on the show. I, it was probably day 10. Oh yeah. Five were consecutive, but I was doing second units, so I was flying back and forth. So it was like, you know, the third week, but like, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or whatever yeah. it was. But my first Steadicam shot for them. Oh, wow. And, you know, and, and the, 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 the second unit DP was, was a Steadicam operator, too. So oh. he knew what was up. He was totally cool about it. Everybody was totally That's cool. cool. They, went, they ran off and did another shot, you know, with B camera. We fixed what we could fix, did the shot again, and was fine. But the best part was we got back to the stages later, you know, company moved back and the executive producer, showrunner, whatever was there. And Andy, the DP tells him about it. And he comes over to me and he's like, Brad, are you okay? I'm like, you know, we broke a couple of filters and he's like, no, 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 no. I don't give a shit about the game. I could care less. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, are you all right? Did you hit anywhere? Like what, what happened? Yeah. I'm like, I just went down on my knees and at the time I knew I had big bruises on both. Oh, knees. Yeah. Like both my knees were totally. It was it was dirt, but it was hard dirt, you know. Yeah. So, um, and little scrapes in that, but that was it. It was it was fairly minor, but he was like, no, he goes, I don't care about any gear. You can throw the camera off a bridge. I don't care if you get hurt at all on the show. I'm upset about that. Nice. And he's like, look, you say you're fine, and that's great. Go see the medic. He goes, I'm not letting you leave here tonight until you go see the medic. Nice. Because you have to do paperwork. Yeah. If tomorrow you wait, because I had to fly the next day. Yeah. Said if tomorrow you can't get on the plane yeah. or you fly back and can't stand up, you know, I want you to be able to get taken care of. And yeah. I, it was just, it's just so rare to be like so forcefully treated well by somebody. <laughs> not to say that everybody's dicks, but people have stuff going on. And no, totally. Sometimes people can forget the human side of this yeah. stuff and they, they automatically go to, Okay, the camera's broke. All right, well, what's that going to cost us? Uh, yeah. You know, and they forget there was a human attached right. to that. Yeah, forcefully treated well is a really good way to put it. Like, yeah, I mean, he went, he, you know, he was not having me say, oh, I'm fine. Like, right. he didn't want to hear it. He wanted to hear, yes, I made, I filled out paperwork. I should be okay. And, but I'm, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he wanted to, he wanted to hear that I was taken care of. That's, yeah. It's, imp that's so cool, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, good for him. Very good for him. Yeah. Good for me in let's, the moment, but good for him. Let's hope he's always out there working so that we can all work for him. <laughs> you know? I, I, th I think he will. He's, um, uh, he's a, he's a big producer director awesome. so he's, and he's a good guy. So, um, but, uh, enough about me. <laughs> um, there were, there were two other, I know this is kind of weird cause we're, 
we're talking about like one project a whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're done talking about this well, America. Well, let me or, or go I was, ahead. I was just gonna more? the couple notes that I had. Oh um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. There's a few questions I always get, and I figured I just might as well answer them here as well. Um, one one I've already answered, which is when I tilt up to the kids and come oh, back down. Cut, is right? it a cut? <laughs> Um, another question I'm always asked is where did that first gun come from? Because um, if you're watching the beginning of the video and I'm pushing in behind Donald, there's no gun mm -hmm. on his waistband or in his pocket or anything. And then as we come back out and he pulls the gun from behind his back and uh, a lot of people are like, how does this, this digital gun? Like, did they just, you know, CG that gun in? And uh, actually, it's a little bit more simple than that. It's very simple. Um, it was always in his pocket and they just painted it out. That's what it's I just assume. Just the obvious, like, but but what I love is that most people don't even notice that the gun's not there. They're so you know you're watching, you're not looking for a gun the sure. first time you watch it, sure. And then by the time the gun comes out, it's been a little bit, and you're just so shocked at what's happening mm -hmm. that you don't even think about wait, where did that even come from? And I love it, and that's why they painted it out. They weren't painting it out to be magic; they were painting it out because they didn't want to no it, sell it, that there was the a gun happening. Surprise. Yeah, they just they wanted you to be surprised by this gun coming out no so. that's another that's another example of your steady cam like people not realizing right. how many shots it was or whatever it's because you guys did a good job with yes it. Yeah. it looks good their effects did or their 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 cgi their colorists or yeah. whoever totally roto guys or did whoever did job. it yeah. they did a great job so that it works with the yes. video and it makes the video better it does it really i know yeah. like i knew the gun was there the whole time but the first time i watched the video even I was kind of taken off guard, you know, which was amazing. Because like I'm sure nobody said to you, hey, we're going to paint the gun out later. No, no, they did. It was, a, it was oh, really? an on-set decision. Um, oh, really? They, they, oh, that's interesting. They, I, I don't remember. I think what it might have been was he wasn't necessarily... The, the, the opening kind of evolved. They had general ideas for it. And then when we were on set, we kind of designed the shot. And so it, it became a thing on set where he was facing away from camera at the beginning. Because mm. um, I think originally we were going to reveal him much later. I think Got Larkin it. even mentioned that in the in his article. Oh, okay. Um, so originally he wasn't going to be like on screen that long at the beginning. Uh, so now we had him facing away from camera and we had to give him a gun somehow. And so Hero was just like, oh, well, let's just put it in his pocket and we'll paint it out. No big deal. And you, which, I mean, you know, that's extra expense. It's, you know, it's a thing. But yeah, but the great part about having a director who, number one, knows his artist yeah. and knows knows how to do that and all that stuff is like he can just say on, on yeah. site, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. He'll make it work. Yeah. That's our solve. That's our simplest solve to make this work. And, and, and it was really great. And I just, I love because when I was watching the video, like, I didn't notice the gun was gone, you know, like I'm watching the opening of the and I'm just watching the video and there's no gun in his back pocket. And I, it doesn't occur to me that like, oh, wait, on the day there was a gun there. Right. It even fooled you. Yeah. Fantastic. And so that's really awesome. So I just love talking about it. And I love that a lot of people don't notice it. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to mention was, um, I mean, you kind of, you complimented me on, on those push-ins and pull-outs and like, especially that fast one with the, the choir. And I really appreciate that. And, and. You know, it's it's all the compliments I get from Steadicam operators and DPs and, you know, ACs and other camera people uh, that mean the most with with this video as far as the Steadicam aspect of it. And um, it's really great. And everybody is just so impressed with the work. Um, and in fact, my favorite comment, there's somebody on Facebook. I, it's not somebody I know. And I, I apologize, whoever you are. I've forgotten your name. I should go look it up. Uh, he said very early on um, when somebody posted it, um, I love that you can tell it's obviously Steadicam, but he makes it look so effortless. 
And what I love about that is, you know, Steadicam is a tool, Dolly is a tool, Technocrane is a tool, and they all have a slightly different feel. And, and it also depends on the operator a bit, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Larry McConkie is known for just being super solid and looking like a Dolly and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And honestly, that's not my look. My my look is kind of obviously Steadicam. Um, hmm. and, and, but it's, but I, and yet people are like, your, your horizon's rock solid. And I'm like, well, it's actually not. And if you actually watch very closely, there are times, in fact, the very beginning, the opening shot, there's a bobble. Um, and, uh, it happens. And I've, I've seen interpretations where people think it was in, entirely intentional to, <laughs> to, this is what I mean about people reading into things and like trying to like figure That's it out right. somebody like, said it's about instability yeah well it's you know it's it's swaying with the music i think they said to get you kind of into the you know paying attention to the music and stuff and i was like i was like i mean but that's actually really cool and like right. you know i'll call that a happy accident i mean sure. it certainly wasn't the intention and sure. i i wish it was perfect but like there is something kind of cool mm-hmm. when i watch it that it does start like that and then it finds you know, and then it finds level and it's just like, okay, cool. Now pay attention to what's happening on the screen, you know? And right, I, right, right. so there is something kind of interesting about that, uh, that, you know, like on the day, I gotta get off. on Facebook and read yeah. this stuff, man. This is, this um, is, this is a uh, uh, high level uh, yeah. stuff here. Well, that interpretation I, I saw in a, in a YouTube video where a guy was commenting on the cinematography. Oh my God. Um, and I wish I knew his name cause he actually knew my name. He, he named me hero larkin and sherry silver the choreographer wow and i thought that was really cool of him and he went into this super in-depth analysis that i'm pretty sure is completely wrong wrong as far as far as the intent but right for him but 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 if he gets that interpretation out of it and if it means that to him great like i think that's That's awesome um but uh um no look look we all see our own bobbles more than anybody yeah of course yeah we're all our own worst critic i've talked to multiple operators about this if you're not your worst critic hit the road right go do something else because you have to be super critical to to stay i'm not even saying i'm good but to stay working you know to 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 have to have people not question you yeah you know to have people to not get those comments like or whatever that you got when you were starting out right well to work on your stuff all the time you have to pay attention and if you're not paying attention to your own work you know this is a very specific um field and you know yeah we, we're, we have to be our own i don't know what the word is but we have to watch ourselves yeah well i think it's important for anybody that's an expert in what they do you're you are the expert you should notice more than anybody else and so if somebody you know if, if somebody tells you oh no it looks fine mm-hmm. you can go okay look i get that it works i get that you're happy with it but if i didn't notice the little issues with that there's no way I'm ever going to improve on them or, or even just keep myself mm-hmm. at this level. You know, like if I just think, oh, yeah, you're right, it's fine. Then I'm always going to plateau thinking that that's fine. I'm never going to work hard to fix it. Right. And I might even get complacent well, and the let difference worse between, things through. Yeah, you but know? there's a difference between knowing that there are little little moments you wish you could have done better and then telling them we have to have another one. Oh, absolutely. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I've had that discussion before. But look, hey, look. Yeah, we, we should. We, we, should. We, we, we should move on from yeah, that video yeah. because it's really great. And totally. I, I'm, I'm super happy for you. Um, but um, people, if you want more, I encourage yeah. you. <laughs> Go on Brian Frisch's Facebook page or on the YouTube and what? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, on the YouTube. I on the like YouTube, yeah. Go you on, are. Go you're, on well, the you're, YouTube. You've been working Steadicam for 50 or 60 years, so yeah. At <laughs> minimum, at least. Well, there was a couple other things. One, yes, you did Radiohead. Um, 
videos. I did I did two Radiohead videos. I did not do Steadicam. I know um, it's just dolly shots. It's it's they're like the simplest <clears throat> videos ever, right? They're very simple. We shot both of them in like a like from my call time to my rep was probably about six hours and maybe seven. Shot one during the day and one at night. I assume. yeah uh, rehearsed one. So they're uh, it's a uh, present tense and the numbers or by the numbers the numbers. Uh, you always, got them right. I have always, them written down here. You oh good. Um, I always just I don't know what it is about the term by the numbers that I always think you know uh, right, it's right that full name but it's just the numbers it's, yeah um, and what it was was uh, that was um, Ari Robbins had done uh, a study cam on a Radiohead music video called I, I want to say Daydreamers with uh, or Daydreaming with Paul Thomas Anderson was the director mm-hmm. and he had done that and then Paul called him a few months later and said hey I'm doing another Radiohead thing did Paul do these. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't even know that. I just love Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, the the only reason I ask is because I love Radiohead. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and, no, and, and but I love They're Paul amazing. Thomas Anderson too. Oh, perfect! And I knew he'd done stuff with them. I I guess I didn't make the connection, but yeah, that's no. cool. How was that? So Paul Paul's awesome, and, and they're both the simplest videos ever. They're so simple. There's like two shots. There's two shots in both of them, <laughs> and and how many takes did you do of each? Uh, like one not or two? a lot. Um. <laughs> I apologize to all the Radiohead fans. The the I don't remember which song is which video, but one of them takes place at night and one is during like present twilight. tenses during numbers. Pres- I mean present tenses during night. <laughs> present tenses at the night. The numbers so, is during day. So present tense, um, the shots don't even move. They're they're there's no dolly moves in them. They're just they're just close ups of Johnny and Tom. And I mean they you know they pan until to, to they, you know they're, they're operated to keep them in frame, but yes. but it's very subtle because they're not moving much. Right. Um, and then, and then the numbers, there's these two dolly shots with zooms hidden in them as well, which are awesome. And so here's what I thought was hilarious. I, I, I pull up the video and I'm, I'm looking at it and it's them playing and I'm like, okay, so from this shot, I see dolly track straight ahead and I see dolly track in the shot to the right. What is happening? I'm like, this is the behind the scenes of this. Right. I'm like, somebody mounted a GoPro on <laughs> on the dolly, and then they started moving and stuff. And then so I I I went to an while I was playing, I went and did another search like official music, right? Group. And that was it. And I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's not that I disliked it. It was just odd. It it is odd. And and um, so Ari had gotten called to do that one, and then Paul the day before said I want to get a second camera and Ari texted me and said hey you know can you can you come out for Paul and I was like of course who who's not going to come out for Paul if they're available <laughs> like, yeah um and then an hour later I got called for another job that I actually really wanted and I was like ah, I, I gotta go with Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> so so I went out and I was B camera and Ari was A camera and that opening shot of of the numbers is is uh, the A camera shot mm-hmm. so Ari had the framing set up and he had the the track in the frame and so he starts to look at how to hide it and then i was like hey is it just your track or is it my track too he says it's both of our track and we were both going all the way to the end of the track mm-hmm. so we knew we needed that so we couldn't just take something off the front and uh so him and i start to work the problem and try to figure out how to hide it maybe we can put leaves over it and like have them brushed out of the way or something we're working on it and then paul's just like what are you guys doing no just don't worry about it i'll paint it out and we're like oh okay no worries and then the video comes out, and he just left. It and all he just in. left it all in because why not? Because why not? Because who cares, you know? And like, it, initially, it shocked me, especially knowing that he'd said he was gonna to paint it out. But, right. But uh, 
after after watching it, I was like, I don't care. I really don't care. It's two guys on a bench shooting. Like you know, there's cameras there. It's just very simple shots. And what's great about I mean, those, who are, who are we fooling? Yeah, and and <laughs> right. and you know, it's not. It doesn't really take you out. I noticed. And mm. I mean, once once you just start paying attention to Tom and Johnny, like you're you're just in it. Mm-hmm. And and I loved it. And uh, we probably did a few. So the I, I, the original. I, I hope I'm not giving away something Paul wouldn't want me to say but the original concept that Paul told us was so that was all live audio by the way um they weren't lip syncing was it really yeah so so which is why he wanted two cameras because he didn't want to have to cut between takes um got it and um so but but the original concept was actually he wanted to shoot during magic hour and he wanted to shoot say four takes or five takes over the course of magic hour so that as you cut between shots it changes it gets more and more so you have basically magic hour in three minutes oh and and i thought that was an amazing idea now of course that would be hard to do with live audio and maybe that's why he didn't end up doing that so that's how you shot it but that's how we shot it and so that's a slight i think that's one of the earlier takes because if you notice it's not no it's very it's daylight yeah it's very daylight um and so yeah, and then maybe you just shot the other one at night. And then yeah, and then in the same place, we just pushed the cameras in. I mean, we adjusted them; they're not in the exact same track or anything, but um, we pushed them in, did basically overs, you know, or clean overs, and and uh, and just did these shots of them doing present tense, and and it was just beautiful and simple and yeah, wonderful. And uh, Paul was amazing to work with, and um, yeah, I mean, I would. I would do that again in a heartbeat, you know, anytime. And, yeah. and it was just at Paul's house. Not, if, just, I, not if I found out about it first. Yeah. Oh, is it his house? It's just it's just in his backyard. Um, oh, that's cool. I mean, it kind of looks like it's in the woods somewhere. But if you if you look, you can see a hill in the background with I was houses I going to say it looks it. like it's in the hills. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I won't get away where Paul Can lives, I get the exact, the exact address? address. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's got a wonderful, a wonderful house. And he's got wonderful kids. And he's, you know, he's married to Maya Rudolph and she yeah, was yeah. there and everybody was super sweet and i've been amazing. in the same room with him before oh wow when when um uh princess played that's maya rudolph's old college band. oh it's yeah a prince cover band but yeah. it's all women prince yeah yeah they were so awesome that's and so he, cool. i know he was there right um but um I, I i i found a better part of myself and i didn't go gush to him or anything oh yeah i'm a, I'm a giant fan like some of there will be blood punch sure. Drunk Love. yeah oh, i mean yeah. come on they're such good movies boogie nights so. right anyway totally um, no i he's he's this isn't about paul amazing. thomas anderson this is all about paul stop thomas making it about paul thomas this is, anderson. can we talk about pta for another hour this is about <laughs> you oh believe me i could i believe me i absolutely could um one other we don't have a lot of time left i just realized we're well we have a little bit but not a lot very little um just cut out all the stuff with you talking and then we'll that's a great (laughs) idea it'd be better um so just very quickly you do ninja warrior which i know is a super popular show i don't know that there's too much exciting to talk about in the way of steadicam or or camera but it must be fun to work on uh, yeah, it is. It is. American Ninja Warrior is, uh, if, for those who don't know, and there actually are still a lot of people that don't know, is a, it's an obstacle course. Um, it's a spinoff of Sasuke, which is a Japanese show. Uh, I believe the translation of Sasuke is Ninja Warrior. Um, <laughs> and so this is American Ninja Warrior. Uh, we just, I literally just um, a few days ago finished uh, season 10. 
And uh, in fact, last night I wasn't working last night, but last night was the last night oh, of shooting cool. for season ten. And um, well, I haven't I haven't really I've seen a couple of things like that one woman a few years ago uh, that was so impressive. There's a couple. Uh, you might be thinking of Casey Catanzaro, the really short one. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Um, of. She is the one that kind of opened up everybody's minds on women succeeding on the course. Like before her, women hadn't really conquered it. Right. And and she just destroyed it. And then uh and then the year after her, I believe, is when Jesse Graff, um, who had done well the year before Casey, uh, in season five, but hadn't really mm. shown her stuff. And then and then Casey was season six when she destroyed it. And, and then, what are they what do they win? Uh okay. So it it's changed a little bit. Isn't it like, you know, fifty grand or something or it's changed a little bit, but um, at the time, you won $500,000 if you won the whole thing. To win the whole thing, there's... There's, uh, there's like regional competitions. There's, yeah, there's regional stuff, competitions right? where there's a qualifier and then a final. And mm-hmm. if you get past the finals, you go to the, the final finals in Vegas where there's four courses. Mm. And you have to finish all four. Uh, oh, really? Uh, and then once you finish that fourth one, Mount Midoriyama, which is a big like 80-foot climb up a rope... That's when you win five hundred thousand dollars. Nobody won it, so through... everyone that does that gets the five hundred thousand. So if ten people do it, no, there can only be one winner. Uh, so, so, so in the in the in the in the end, if you climb up Mount Magnolia, um it's you have to climb it fast enough. Uh, so whoever climbs it faster, yeah. So, so wins well, it. first of all, if if nobody climbs it fast, it's I think thirty seconds is the time limit. So if nobody, if everybody's over thirty seconds, then nobody wins. Um, Got it. So when I say so complete if, each course, I mean complete in time and so, all that stuff. Right, right, right. But so if then, multiple people, if multiple people finished, then it's the fastest. Then it would be the fastest. Oh, which, gotcha. which happened season seven. We finally season seven. They upped the winnings. Nobody had ever won, mm. and they upped the winnings to a million dollars. And then somebody won. And then two people did it, but one of them did it faster. Wow. And and nobody has won since. I'm not talking about season ten, and I won't. No, no, no. I no, won't no. say if anybody won, but no, I'm talking no, no, no. about season yeah, eight. Of nine. the stuff that's aired, no, the, nobody's yeah. won. I got it. I got um, it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm only. That's cool. Refer- well, that's yeah. fun. That's fun. Okay. With the, yeah. Anyway. No more talk about that one. Well, not that I don't like talking well, about it. Uh, well, you, oh, it's just not. It's I didn't just, talk about Steadicam if you wanted me to talk about it. It's just not the most interesting of the stuff you do. For Steadicam wise. I mean, it's, it's an awesome it's, show. It's and a it's very, very popular. Yeah. yeah. I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's really um, good. I like the part where they do the obstacle course. Yeah. The part where they're like, Tom grew up in a small <laughs> town. I'm like, fast forward. Like, I could watch that girl, Casey, Casey do that. Yeah. Obs- I could watch that over and over. But I... I mean, and I'm sure some are interesting, but like, I don't need to know like you know all the details of the whole. Well, let me just say, but it one, would make it a very short show, right? Sure. Let It'd me like say one thing: show. in season seven, when the two people won, it was Jeff uh, Britton and Isaac Caldiero. Cal- Isaac was the one that ultimately won the money and did uh-huh. it faster. Jeff Britton is a camera operator, or he was. Uh, I think he might be retired, but he was a sports camera operator. So like, and and some of our crew know him. Like wow. from from working with them, and so like that oh, was really awesome to watch. That's actually like really neat. One of the yeah, team, you know, like I mean, he sure. didn't ever work on the show, but yeah, yeah, one yeah. of our team, you know, like just you know doing so well and succeeding. That's and, really cool. Um, oh, that's you know, neat. And we were all, I mean, on that personal level, we were a little bummed that he didn't end up winning, but what he did was still amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, cool. Nobody ever makes it, and he finally does, and, he and then some it. other guy beats him. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, so, okay. Anyway, other stuff. Yeah. So, well, well, you did, um, uh, well, you did Beyonce Lemonade. I did do Beyonce Lemonade, which 
I just thought it was interesting that you've done a couple of viral music video kind of things. But the the, the video that I watched today that I was really impressed by was the pink video. Pink. What, what about, about us? us? Yeah. So that's like all Steadicam, right? Yeah. So that's um, that video. Um, we we're talking off mic. Uh, is almost entirely Steadicam, and then the the second most is the you know you can obviously tell what's not Steadicam. So there's there's mostly Steadicam. There's helicopter shots, which are all <laughs> obviously very obvious. Uh, there is one hostess tray and there is one tripod shot, both of which you blink and you miss them. Right. And everything else is steady cam. And I'm really proud of my work in that video. And in fact, speaking of stuff I've done that doesn't have a perfect horizon 100% of the time, but you don't necessarily notice it, is what about us? There's a, there's a few moments where I see it every time, but it doesn't necessarily bother me because I, I always... I saw one. I saw one. You saw one. Was it in the desert at the end when they're kicking up dust? Because that's uh, the most obvious one. Is uh, it? Yeah. I missed that one. Well, because there's a horizon behind them, you know. Well, no, there's the stuff shooting into some kind of store. The diner, yeah. The diner, and there, and it's off a little there, but it didn't yeah. bother me. Yeah, and it doesn't bother me either. And and um, what I always tell people is, you know, it's not necessarily... I mean, yeah, it's I was great like, thing. I mean, I would have nailed that. <laughs> hey, but, well, you know... Anybody would have nailed that. Brian is uh, Brian. Other than me. So. So. He thought he was adding art into it. <laughs> yeah. He dutched it a little. He thought it was the 90s in MTV. Yeah. Well, no, I should have dutched it more if I was... Hmm. And much quicker, sudden dutches. So not only is it not the 90s, but you did it wrong. <laughs> I did it wrong, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's, you know, you're, you're going and you don't always have rehearsals what? or you might do it different from one take of to the other there might somebody a dancer's moving past you and you get squeezed and, and then you and go they might use the take that you beg them please don't use that one and that you, one sucks yeah um <laughs> i've been there it's how, wait how many days shooting was this that was two days that was two days two days yeah. so one There's in a the lot. desert um one in the desert and oh, one uh near downtown in the you know industrial oh. looking space which is really cool it looks really great it does. who shot it uh, Steve Annis, he's a British DP. He does a lot of music videos, commercials. Cool, he's awesome. And he's always has beautiful work. You should actually follow that dude on Instagram, Steve Annis, D O P. How do you how do you spell it? Uh, Steve and then A N N I S, A N N I S. Yeah, oh, okay. And then the Instagram handle I think is Steve Annis D O P. Oh, cool. Um, no, I'll t- I'll 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 check that out. I um, I really like the work, but. His work it's, is always gorgeous. It's so much. It's like the dead opposite of This Is America. It is. It's very different. It's just super cutty. Yeah. I mean, I thought, oh my god, this was probably a ten day shoot. Like, you know, <laughs> when you first look at it, you're like one location, two location, fourteen locations, seventeen location. You're like, holy crap, there's so many locations. Right. And then you, and then I go back to my days doing videos, and I'm like, oh, they probably shot this in two days. Like, yeah. I knew the desert would be a day. Right. Because it has to be. I mean, where where were you? It was near. It was out outside of Lancaster, near what's right. that place uh, uh, that everybody shoots? It's like a it's like a gas station or convenience store. I don't, I don't know it actually. Uh, there's a. It's like in everything. I always forget the name of it because I've never shot there. Four four aces or no, it's not. I don't know. Anybody will, will be laughing at me right now that I don't know. The well, name of I'm this thing. anybody. And oh, fair I'm enough. not laughing at you. Fair I, enough. Um, I've shot. I've shot in Lancaster exactly once. And oh, Palmdale wow. exactly once. Oh, wow. Um, I think I did Lucky you. some commercials or something. Well, I know. I mean, it's like what two hours? If there's no traffic, it's yeah, probably two it's hours. It's pretty disastrous and, to get. You out know, there. it's it's brutal. It's pretty in the morning. It is. Um, but whew. 
And the uh, the diner was out in Lancaster as well. Oh, so okay. we did the we did the desert stuff oh, okay. uh, during that the day, sense, and then we did the desert stuff at night, which they didn't use much of uh, with her dancing on top of a car. And then we moved to the diner and we shot the diner stuff. And oh my gosh, we did this shot. It's in the video. We did this shot of Pink sitting at a at a table that I think was an added shot or not planned or something. And she's just sitting at a table. There's a yellow wall behind her. It's outside the diner, and we did the whole song. And we just I was just you know roaming every time and i just thought it was so beautiful and her reactions like her facial expressions uh emoting to this music were so amazing that i was like i mean i know it's not going to be this and it shouldn't be but it could be but a it could video. be a one or just this video and, and not because of the steady cam yeah, yeah. in any way she's it, good because she just was amazing and i was just i mean i'm getting distracted trying to watch her face right while i'm doing the steady cam right. shot and um um, that's always a nice moment yeah when you get lost in the in the yeah. art of it and yes it. yeah that's great um cool so yeah she was really great to work with and um and and, and I actually, actually like her music it's not it's not in my genre of sure music that i'm supposed to like or whatever but <laughs> you're not I in the demo what you're not in the demo oh the demographic. I'm, yeah i'm so <laughs> far out of it but um but no i i like the message of it and yeah. and you know it's pretty it's pretty cool and she's talented she's super talented she is she, she is can obviously talented. sing her yeah. ass off and then you know just I, everything else of, as a performer i think yeah. she's great but um that's cool just, so i'm now i'm jealous now i want to do music videos again. You, sometimes they're great and and georgia no, hudson was no, the no sometimes they're great and i mean and it was a it was a lot of steady cam so it was a rough one but like I, I felt anytime I work with Steve, I feel like every shot I'm doing is artistic. And cool. And so it kind of can depend on the editing if it feels that way in the end. But Steve's work is so beautiful. And Georgia Hudson was the director um, of that video. And that was mm. our first time working together. And I really enjoyed working with her. And she really loves Steadicam. It's, it's, what did she say? She said it's, it's how she communicates visually, mm. like on film. So, mm -hmm. so she just loves using it. So, um, we just we had a blast, and I I just felt good about almost everything that I shot on that, even if it went a little Dutch here or there, or whatever, because yeah, it yeah. flowed. I was I was trying to flow with the music, and it's you know I I won't say it was intentional, but but like if I went Dutch, I would I would I you know Jason Elson actually years ago, ten years ago, Jason Elson, Steadicam operator, gave me a tip that I always remember, and he said commit to the shot, and I don't know if I'm interpreting it correctly but what i always do is you know if something goes wrong in a shot as long as it's not a disaster right like i mean if you just knee the rig and you pan completely off yeah you cut sure but if something's a little imperfect like don't don't jar the shot to fix it mm -hmm. you know like commit to the shot you're in it make it a thing and so mm -hmm. i always just try to that's something that he taught me that i always just no that's know, a good that's um, a really good lesson um yeah. for 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 a for a learning operator yeah. i mean or anybody who doesn't know i guess but um no that's something because when you watch something as a steady cam operator especially tv because tv you have so little time to do yes all this stuff. oh yeah TVs. and you know you see a guy go around a corner or uh you know and and just lose it a little and yeah. then just kind of stick with it and yeah then, you know it's like it's better because you you don't people aren't going to notice until yeah. you're like ah and you try to f you can fix it a little bit in a move or something but like but it's it's just yeah if there's no move it's really hard to fix it there's actually one of those fixes in this is america nobody notices it it's totally there it's at the end of the choir shot the end of the choir i've just shot. given it away 
Okay. I'll go. Um, I'll have to go look for. Well, it. it's in the it's in the middle of the shot, but it's at the end of the move on the choir. Um, oh, got so, it. Yeah. Um, oh, I may have noticed that. I may have noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's there. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I hate it. It's the one, one moment in that video from a steady cam perspective that I hate. I but, know, and, like, and nobody notices it. And you think about <laughs> and it. I've just told to everybody. S- well, because I'm an you Think about it when you go to sleep at night, but <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah. else notices it. Oh yeah, I've had nightmares about it. That's not true at all. Uh, <laughs> so, I've, but I, I do. But I I've don't. had I've had moments where like I did some shot that was you know challenging, and you know. You get home from work and you're like, oh, if I had just done that, that would have fixed all that. Yeah, totally. <sighs> Hindsight. Yeah, you know, and 20, 20. and uh, I, you know, that's how you learn. Yeah, but, but um, well, look, dude, we've been going. We're 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 over time. Let's go three more hours. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we could. Right. Um. Honestly, but you could do follow ups. Like once you run out of steady cam operators, just loop back around. Start with Josh. Start, start and, fresh again. <laughs> and just do it. <laughs> Josh Harrison, episode two. <laughs> well, look, I had some of your, I had notes on some of the better stuff you've done, um, like Piranha Conda. Let's, let's brag about. Oh yeah, and Celebrity Wife. Oh boy, and uh, yeah. So, well, the good news is I didn't do Steadicam on Celebrity Wife. Unfortunately, the bad news I is I did do Steadicam on Piranha Conda. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? We'll maybe we'll make a whole episode just about Piranha Conda. <laughs> oh, oh, I could. And um, oh, actually, so we'll make could. it a crossover. We'll make it a we'll make it a Celebrity Wife swap slash Piranha Conda. Um, that's, episode that's good we could talk about uh oh my gosh what else could we talk about we could talk about uh the world according to paris <laughs> um as in paris hilton for I, those who i didn't saw catch that it. i didn't write it down. <laughs> uh we could talk about so many things here's here's the one thing i'll say about pranakana it's an in joke so nobody out there will get it um cut 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 i hated it and i'll tell you why it was terrible now do it again but better that's in pranakana uh, it's not in the movie. It's a behind-the-scenes, uh, commonly heard statement. Oh, that's that's word for word, exact quote. By the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah, that's super fun. And there's more of those. <laughs> awesome. Uh, good for them. Yeah, they're really. Yeah, I mean, Pranaconda was the job I was doing that I I was doing the high the high grass uh, fall bummer. Yeah, that brings us right. That brings us full circle. It does because something. we were talking about art. Oh yeah, and so we've married the two now. Oh yeah, Pranaconda and is, this is America is the height of art. Pranaconda, and, and you know what? At this point, we can't do any better than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We so, should, so we may as well just wrap it. That's up. it. That's it. And I can't top it. I mean, this, the sequel to Brian is going to be so lame compared to this. <laughs> the sequel, Thank- Walking Backwards. We'll have to call it Walking Forwards or something. Right. It, it'll have to be a different show. <laughs> thanks thanks for doing this man i really yeah, appreciate no, it and you. um before you go just remember to leave that check copy yeah um three cents five four cents <laughs> all right see you soon <laughs> thanks thank you brad thanks again to brian i had a really great time talking to him i think it was a fun conversation and i hope you enjoyed listening if you'd like to advertise on the show or contact me for any other reason you can email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com.